When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on the show, I'm going to talk about the quarterback position in Seattle. Some people are fine with how it is. Some want the shiny new toy and have big ideas about how to go about getting it. There are rumors. There is clickbait out there. Lots of speculation. Lots of theories. But today, I'm going to explore the idea that maybe the Seattle Seahawks are better off waiting until 2025 to address the quarterback position long term. I'll explain next. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. It is a gloriously sunny day here in the Pacific Northwest. It's one of those days, you know, this is the time of year where uh, you get that one day that makes you realize spring is around the corner. And it helps knowing that full squad workouts are happening down in Peoria for the Mariners. You see those pictures and videos coming in every day. Although I'll say this for anyone who lives in this part of the country, this was one of the mildest, uh, least severe winters we've had in a long time. So um, the desperation hasn't been quite as severe for spring to arrive. However, what we love about spring at Seahawks Forever and in the viewing audience and in the fan base out there in Seattle is the NFL offseason. And all of the possibilities and the speculation. Of course, the combine starts next week. Free agency is coming up quick, you guys. Three weeks away from uh, free agency, which means the Seahawks will have to make some of those decisions on their roster to clear up cap space, create cap space if they want to re-sign anybody or sign any outside free agents because all that has to be done by March 18th. And that's a date that may be in play for what I'm going to talk about today because we are going to talk about the quarterback position. Uh, before that, if you're watching on YouTube, please like this video, hit subscribe so you become part of the community and hit that bell button for notification of new episodes. If you prefer audio episodes, you can listen on any platform. Make sure to subscribe there so you don't miss anything. And if you want to listen to audio episodes without ads, you can do so on Spotify. You can subscribe there for less than a dollar a month. I'll have that link in the description as well as the link to buy me a coffee where you can either buy me a coffee or a beer as uh, so many of you have this week. Thank you, as always, for the support. Let's get into it. We're going to talk quarterbacks today. Of course, uh, Geno Smith has been a huge uh, subject matter so far this offseason. Lots of debate and discussion 
many of you are open-minded about the con- the quarterback situation and all the possibilities that may lie ahead on the horizon. And uh, some of you are very, very uh, definitive and close-minded and have already decided what you want and uh, how you want to get it. Um, today, I want to explore the idea, as I said at the top, that maybe the timing isn't right right now to take a quarterback in the first round or to change out the quarterback or go a different direction. Um, because that's what I like to do. If you've watched the show for any length of time, or if you're new to the show, disclaimer, spoiler alert, I like to ask questions. Like I literally, it's a problem. I wake up every single day and it's not always the first thing on my mind. There are other things in life, other priorities, but it's at some point every day, just questions pop into my head and and they usually turn into episodes for me because I want answers. I'm just, that's the way my brain thinks. And I don't always have the answers. I don't always pretend to have the answers. But if you don't ask the question, then you're never going to find the answer, right? I think a lot of people when it comes to sports or anything else, you know, I don't mean to get off into a big existential debate here, but um, we just, we, we stick our feet in the ground and we hold our position and we, we decide what we want and we put blinders on and we're not open to anything else. We see it in draft debate. Uh, people have already made up their minds about draft prospects at every single position. Who belongs in the first round? Who doesn't? Who's trash? Who's great? Who's a must-have? Who's, you know, if you don't take this guy, you should be fired and that kind of stuff. When NFL teams haven't even made those decisions yet. John Schneider w- w- wouldn't even sit in front of you and make those statements about players yet because they're they're working through their process and there's still a lot of information yet to be gained. Um. But when you, when you step back and you expand your view and you take a look at this with an open mind, you may see what I'm talking about here. Now, let's begin with this. Let's talk about where the Seahawks are. And then I'm going to show you where the rest of the league is in regards to which teams are hunting quarterbacks this year. Then I'm going to show you the quarterbacks that are available and all the options this year and then project out to 2025 who might be looking for quarterbacks next year and what that class might look like, and then let you put the dots together. First of all, where do the Seahawks stand right now, right? They have a quarterback, Geno Smith, in the second year of a three-year deal at very moderate money. I I think I saw the other day from ESPN's analytics that uh, he finished the season 16th in total QBR, and he has the 16th highest average annual value in the NFL. Maybe the only case in the NFL of just nailing it, right? Although Mahomes probably, right, is worth every penny that he's making as well and is near the top of the QBR rankings. Don't have those in front of me. And we're not here to debate whether Gino's the guy or not. Today is not the day for that. They also have Drew Locke under contract until March 18th, the end of the league year or the start of the new league year. And then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. However, it's been mentioned many times on this show and others, and from you, how often, how routinely, and how nonchalantly John Schneider and Mike McDonald have brought up Drew Locke's name as if he is on the roster long-term and part of the plan. And he very may well be. 
John Schneider, as he sits here today with Mike McDonald talking about the roster for 2024, may have already decided that we're keeping Geno Smith. We're going to re-sign Drew Locke. As you'll see, it is a buyer's market at the quarterback position this offseason. And so the market that Drew Locke may have hoped to find to get a shot at a starting job may not be there this year. So his best choice might be to come back to Seattle. And Seattle has a history of this, right? It's what got Geno Smith to the position he's at today. They just kept bringing him back on these one-year deals to back up Russell Wilson because they wanted a veteran at the position. They wanted experience there in case Russell should go down. And so that's where they sit today. Now that could change. And, and I'll start at the very top by just saying this. I think everything is on the table. I think all options are open. And I don't necessarily think that John Schneider has decided yet. I, I think the way he approaches his job year in, year out, regardless of position, is he lets things fall to him. And, and even if they decide March 18th comes and goes, Gino gets that $9.6 million roster bonus. They re-sign Drew Locke to another one-year deal or longer. And then the draft goes a certain way so that a guy that he loves falls to him. It won't preclude him from taking that player. So let's just start with that. Also, the fact that the Seahawks don't have a second round pick. That limits their options. One of these guys, and we keep hearing more and more, it could be Penix because of that injury history, could slide to the second round. Well, they don't have a second round pick at this point to take advantage of that. And then there's the fact that there are other needs. They are a little bit cash strapped. They're going to make some moves. They're going to open up some cap space, but they're limited in what they can do as most teams are this, this time of year. And there are other needs, interior offensive line, linebacker, front seven in general. So they can't, they, they, aren't, they aren't in prime position to pounce if a guy falls to day two right now. So that's where they sit. Now I want to show you this. These are the teams. I went through every team in the NFL. Let's put this on the screen. And let's get rid of this so you can see it better. So let's just go through these, right? I've got in, in light blue are the teams that I feel are set in 2024 and probably for 2025 as well. So let's just go through division by division real quick because some of you are listening on audio as well. AFC East, the Bills, Josh Allen, right? Miami, Tua. The New England Patriots uh, with the second pick in the draft are, or third pick in the draft this year are more than likely going to take a quarterback. Jane Daniels, Drake May, whoever falls there, they need to. And so they're set. They're going to commit to that player for the next two years. They're set. And I put, for the New York Jets, I put Aaron Rodgers this year and next year because he is under contract through 2025, I think into 2026. It's a pretty big dead cap hit if they want to move on after 2025. But if he's healthy, he's the guy. Although you can make the argument that maybe they'll be looking in 2025 for a quarterback, a young guy to, to eventually succeed Rodgers. But for now, he's the guy. They got a lot invested in him. They basically, they basically wasted an entire year last season, you know, waiting on him. AFC North, Ravens, Lamar, Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. Can't do anything about that. Not with that contract. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the teams in yellow. Interesting situation. They have Kenny Pickett, who they just took in the first round last year. Two years ago now, I guess. And uh, he hasn't been great. And he was beat up at the end of last year. And Mason Rudolph came in and outplayed him. 
Uh, they it, it has been reported they're going to move on from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Rudolph's a free agent, and he has made it sound like he wants to explore opportunities elsewhere. The Steelers are a team that they have said on the record that they're going to they're going to create competition for Kenny Pickett. I don't know that they're going to dip back into the first round quarterback game again so quickly. Kind of burned them last time. They're built to win now in certain areas in the way that roster is put together. I see them as a team that if they decide by 2025 that they need a new quarterback, that they'll go veteran. And indeed, there are reports now. It kind of sounds like the consensus seems to be that that might be the preferred landing spot for Russell Wilson when a decision is, is made in Denver, whether he's cut or traded. I think they would go the veteran route, but I've got them in yellow. They... They could be a team, probably will be, that in 2025 will be looking for an answer at quarterback. AFC South, pretty set with young guys. Will Levis in Tennessee flashed at the end of last year. You know, they go out and they hire uh, Brian Callahan as their new head coach, a quarterback guy. You know, I think they're going to give him a good long look. If he's terrible this year, you could switch that to yellow and they could be right back looking for a quarterback next year as well. Texans, Stroud. Jaguars, Lawrence, Colts, Anthony Richardson. AFC West, a little more, little more up in the air. Chargers and Chiefs obviously are set with Herbert and Mahomes. The Broncos are going to make a move. They're going to move on from Russell Wilson, and they're going to draft a guy, most likely. Maybe they'll go the veteran route, and we'll look at some of those options. I mean, you know, I could see maybe Sean Payton going with a guy like Kirk Cousins. We'll see. Oakland, even though Aiden O'Connell showed some things last year, their owners basically come out and said, we're looking for a quarterback. And now there's reports that they're exploring what it would take to move up to one with the Bears. So I think they're going all in on a draft pick. And so you look at those two teams, they're going to commit to that guy for two years. So they're out. So in the AFC, in my opinion, the only clear-cut team that might be looking quarterback in 25, it's Pittsburgh. Now let's go to the NFC. In the East, it's Daniel Jones with the Giants up in the air. I've got him in yellow. They might very well be a team looking quarterback in 2025. The out in Jones' contract is much easier then. But if he plays well in 2024, they could stick with him. But I've got him in yellow. Let's count them as a team looking quarterback next year. And then obviously, Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders are set. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, they're talking extension there. And the commanders with the second pick in the draft, that's going to be Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Or if something crazy happens, Caleb Williams, they're going to be set for the next two years. NFC North, Jared Goff, they're talking extension there. He's resurrected his career. Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love. Bears, first pick in the draft and the ninth pick. Sounds like they're going to move off of Justin Fields. That adds him to the list of available quarterbacks we'll talk about in a second. So they're set. Minnesota Vikings, they're a question mark. But with Kevin O'Connell there, I didn't put them as a team looking for 2025 because I think they're going to they're gonna solve their quarterback. They're going to address quarterback this year in a way that will carry over into next year. And that may very well be bringing Kirk Cousins back again. We know O'Connell loves him. They got Jordan Jefferson there. They don't want to waste his prime. Uh, but whether they draft a guy or go with Cousins again, they're going to be set, in my opinion. NFC South, 
Tampa Bay, even though Baker Mayfield's set to be a free agent, I've got him on the list. I'm going to show you in a minute. Um, all indications are that both sides want that to go long-term. And so I, I see him signing again in Tampa Bay and being there for the next couple of years. Panthers, Bryce Young, Atlanta Falcons, they're going to solve their quarterback situation this year through the draft. So I think whatever decision they make this year will carry into next year. The New Orleans Saints are one of the teams in yellow right here. Uh, Derek Carr has an out in 2025 where the cash savings, the cap savings exceed the dead money hit. And so uh, they could be looking quarterback in 2025. I've, I'm leaning that way. That's why I've got him in yellow. I think it's likely, but who knows? Maybe Carr meshes perfectly in what Clint Kubiak's going to do there as a new offensive coordinator, similar to the Daniel Jones situation where he's under contract for 25. They have an out, but if he plays well enough, you know, he could, he could be the guy for two more years. NFC West, of course, 49ers, Purdy, Rams, Stafford. You might think, well, he, he's getting older. He's more banged up. I could see the Rams looking quarterback, and, and they could. You know, I've seen some mock drafts where if a guy like J.J. McCarthy slides to where the Rams are, they might move up and get him. Do the Jordan Love thing. Have him sit behind Stafford until he's ready. But Stafford's contract is, you know, they've extended it a couple of times. They've pushed some money into the future. Even in 2025, if they want to just get out from under, it's going to hurt. And, you know, we know McVay loves Stafford. So, um, you know, that could go either way, but I've got him in blue because of the contract situation and because of how McVay feels about him and because of how Stafford played this year. I think he's got a couple of years left in the tank if he stays healthy. And then the Cardinals, I think, you know, Kyler Murray sort of resurrected his opportunity there and, and the contract is pretty legitimate. And um, I think they're going to do everything they can to make that work. So, uh, and then that leaves the Seahawks who I have in yellow. With even if Geno Smith is a starter this year, I think at at worst, at the latest, that 2025, if they don't make a move at quarterback this offseason, I'll put it this way. Next year, it's 99.9%. It'll be the topic of conversation in the offseason. You know, how are they going to move? How high up do they have to go? Which guy do they like? Which guy fits? Even if Geno has a really good year, he'll be entering into the last year of his deal. He'll be turning, I think he turns 34 this year. He'll be turning 35 in 2025. So even if he has a, a top six, like lights it up under Ryan Grubb and uh, goes, he's a Pro Bowl starter. I still think they'll be looking young quarterback next year in the draft. So that's four teams. And those four might not even be written in stone, right? The Steelers may find their solution this year that'll carry over into next year. Jones and Carr could play great. I've got four. So let's look at, uh, this is what's, a, it, this is why I say that those teams that are quarterback needy this year are likely going to be able to address that position this year and it'll carry over for two years. This is an unusually large list of quarterback options right now. I've got six quarterbacks listed in the draft. I think it's universally kind of accepted. I, I don't think there's a seventh guy that's going to get into this conversation. There are certain players, and, and I'm going to unveil my top 10 quarterback rankings for the draft next week. Um, but even in my rankings, I don't have a seventh guy that I think is even going to scare the second round. I just don't. I think the guys that exist after these six are 
major projects, upside plays. None of them project to be long-term starters in the NFL. And so those six players are going to go fill some of those holes that I just showed you, at least for this year and next. But this is where it gets unusual too. If a team wants to go with a bridge quarterback in the meantime, or they just aren't in position to, to draft one of these guys, or they don't want to commit to a young guy, usually the quarterback free agency list stinks. You have Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, again, who I list here, but we, I think we all expect to go back to Tampa. Russell Wilson, asterisk there, hasn't been released yet. You know, there's some rumors that we keep hearing or reports that that relationship could be mended, but I think he's going to want a fresh start. He's put his house on the market, you know, all that kind of stuff. Ryan Tannehill, I, I don't know that teams still view him as a viable starter, but they might. A team like Pittsburgh may bring Ryan Tannehill in, pair him again with Arthur Smith, who's the offensive coordinator there now. That could click and carry over into next year. And then Gardner Minshew, a guy who just, just every time he gets an opportunity to play, he's he plays well. Seems like a guy that should get an opportunity to start, but it's hard to find a match. He can make a good living as a, as a guy who jumps around as a bridge quarterback. He could be Steve DeBerg and just continue to, to mentor guys and then give way to him eventually. Um, it's unfortunate. Love Gardner, obviously, the Wazoo connection. Um, I think he just doesn't have the physical traits that teams look for when they look for a long-term starting quarterback. And then there's this group of young players, most of whom are were considered busts by their original team, who are available in trade. Justin Fields is a big one. He's probably going to be traded somewhere where he is the starter. That's why you check off one of those boxes on the last list. Zach Wilson, more likely a team's going to trade for him, bank on the upside, stash him, see if they can develop him. You know, just change the scenery candidate. I got Jake Browning on this list. He's an exclusive rights free agent by the Bengals, but I would imagine they're getting some calls on him after how he played last year when Burrow was hurt. Like, I didn't think he had that in him. But man, he looked legitimate, and I would think they would get some calls. Sam Howell's another one. First half of the season last year looked like a potential franchise quarterback. Ended up throwing way too many picks and getting benched near the end of the year. But uh, there were other problems in Washington. I don't think you give up on Sam Howell yet. There was there were a lot of dots being connected between the Seahawks and Howell the year he was drafted because he throws a deep ball so well, and that was something that Schneider and Carroll valued. Mac Jones, of course, there was the big. Uh, one of those aggregate, lazy, you know, Twitter accounts that have 30,000 followers for some reason put this out there yesterday. Poorly written, looked like a junior high school journalism student wrote it uh, with no sourcing or anything else that the Seahawks are interested in trading for Mac Jones. I don't see a fit. He, you know, keep in mind when, when and we're going to talk about this a lot over the next couple of months, I'll remind you over and over again that Schneider, uh, that phrase that he has of, of a quarterback has to tilt the room. He used it again in conjunction with Mike McDonald and what he was looking for in a head coach. Um, it's what drew him to Russell Wilson. When a guy walks in the room, you, you're drawn to him. From everything I've read and heard about Mac Jones, that's not him, and that's part of the problem. The skill, there's some skill there, but I don't know if he's that guy. And Desmond Ritter, again, two years ago when he was drafted, there was lots of, you know, Seattle liked him. They brought him in. I think he was one of their VMAC 30 visits, I believe. Um, but again, if, if, 
if a month from now, Geno's still on the roster and Drew Locke has been signed again, they're not going to trade for one of those guys because they're unlikely to use a third roster spot on the 53 on a quarterback. So let's look ahead to 2025. What if it's just Geno and Drew and they're looking ahead? And again, as I said at the top, if you're just tuning in, if you're just tuning in, um, I said everything's on the table. They're open to everything. If a team comes along and offers the Seahawks something of value for Geno Smith, and John Schneider likes Drew Locke again, and we, we keep hearing he does, and he certainly you know, showed that arm talent and that skill that we all, that a lot of us thought he possessed when he got a chance to play last year, maybe that is the plan. If there's a market for Geno Smith, if the Pittsburgh Steelers, again, I think that's a good fit. They want to win now. They want a veteran quarterback. They, they trade what Seattle wants for Geno Smith. It could be Drew. And then maybe we are talking about drafting a quarterback this year. But you still might miss out on the top five guys at 16. And so then this third column, that's why I include it, could come into play. If Drew locks the guy and Geno's elsewhere, if Seattle really did like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell, wouldn't take much to get him. It'd be an interesting scenario. So we look ahead to next year. And before I show you this list, this is what I, I'm, I know I'm going to hear. And we hear it every year and I've heard it already. Yeah, but next year's class isn't supposed to be that good. We've heard the opposite too. Two years ago, that class was supposed to be great and it ended up not being as good. Because why? COVID years and NIL. Players staying in school, if they weren't sure they were going to be a first round pick, because you could make a million bucks by transferring. And that's more than you're going to make in the first year of a deal if you're a fifth round draft pick. It's changed the equation. And then, yeah, there are some times where you look ahead to the next year, man, that's going to be a loaded quarterback draft. And guys, guys underperform, guys regress. There's coaching changes. They don't mesh as well. You know, heading into this quarterback year, I know I was saying for months that we all liked what was happening in the first round, but I thought it would be deeper too. I thought day two, there would be some guys. But a lot of those guys stayed in school and we're about to see them on this next list. So these are the guys, these aren't, this isn't even the full list. Okay. Quinn Ewers, Texas. Shadur Sanders, Colorado. Those guys almost came out this year. They contemplated it. Carson Beck is another one at Georgia. Contemplated coming out this year. Drew Aller, Penn State. Cam Ward ended up at Miami. Declared for the draft. Then Miami upped their offer. Made a little money. Stayed in school. I'm glad he did. I think one more year could do him a lot of, a lot of good. Jalen Milrow at Alabama. Riley Leonard just transferred to Notre Dame after a couple of really good years at Duke. He was a guy that was getting first round buzz if he had come out this year, decided to transfer instead. Tyler Van Dyke, who had such a phenomenal freshman year two years ago at Miami, looks like an NFL quarterback, had some injury issues, didn't really mesh with Mario Cristobal. Transfers to Wisconsin. Can't wait to see what he does there. DJ Ugalele now at his third stop at Florida State. 
Will Howard goes from Kansas State to Ohio State. Graham Mertz at Florida. Colin McCord transfers from Ohio State to Syracuse. That was an odd one. Hudson Card at Purdue, a guy with an NFL arm. There are more. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. If you're sitting looking at this list right now going, uh, I don't really like it. We have nine months. Things change. Guys get better. Guys pop. Let's go back and look at this list again. Uh, did anyone think Jaden Daniels was a first-round pick before the college football season? Hell no. Not if you saw him play at Arizona State. Nope. You might have thought Michael Penix Jr. was a, was trending towards a first-round pick, but I don't think he was a slam-dunk first-round pick. He still isn't now just because of the medicals. But an, he had another good year. If you look at this list and you don't like Quinn Ewers, look at the way he finished. He could be Michael Penix this year. He could explode. Carson Beck's another guy that looked like a fringe potential day one pick, but probably a day two pick. He goes out and has another big year at Georgia. He could be a slam dunk first rounder. And, and these guys might not all necessarily look like first rounders to you, but I think a lot of them might be day two guys that could be starters. So we go back here to this list. Four teams, by my estimation, that are going to be really seriously looking at quarterback in 2025, including the Seahawks. And here are all the guys. It's, uh, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that I just like to do, right? Um, and and it, what made me think about this is, is I was just looking at a list of 2025 draft prospects, just kind of tossing this around. And so many of these names on this list are guys that I was going to watch film on for this year. And they ended up staying. Um, it's not, again, it's not something that John Schneider has decided. I'm not making that argument. Uh, I'm just, it's one of the possibilities. And it's something to keep in mind when, you know, maybe <laughs> I'll bump this episode again and shoot it back out there if free agency and the draft come and go and it's Geno Smith and Drew Locke and they don't add anyone else, right? Um, there are a million different possibilities of what could happen between now and the season uh, at quarterback. You know, Geno, Drew Locke, one of the guys on, on either of these lists, something we're not thinking about. Although I think I, I don't know, if there's something that you're thinking that you think I missed, let me know. I'd be fascinated. I think I turned over just about every stone there is to be turned over at the quarterback position. And that's the wrong button. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, for watching and supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to everything. And follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. That's kind of the foundation where everything starts. Uh, lots of discussion, lots of mock drafts. You know that I love doing a million mocks, and I usually put them out on Twitter. Yeah, that way, because uh, then after the draft, I can sift through and my 300 mock drafts and pull one up and go, see how close I was? <laughs> uh, I say that jokingly, although I am a one-time champion of the field goals virtual GM challenge of predicting the Seahawks draft. 
I won two nights stay at the Hooters Hotel in Las Vegas for correct for winning that, and it was the year that Jermaine Effetti was drafted uh, and uh, Reese Odiambo. Did I get that? Did I get that right? Uh, those two guys won me that two night stay at Hooters. I had so much fun. I slept for two straight days. Maybe I'll tell that story someday because uh, that's all I did. <laughs> Again, uh, at Seahawks Forever on Twitter. Uh, thank you again for watching. I may take a few days off this weekend and producing a lot of content. And uh, my girl's coming into town this weekend. Uh, probably going to be away for a couple of days. Although I am uh, set to catch up with Brandon Schultz and the guys over at the uh, Seahawkers podcast tomorrow and hop on their show. So... Uh, one way or another, I'll be back Monday in some way, shape, or form. If I don't talk to you until then, have a great weekend forever and always. Go Hawks!